Welcome to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. I had an amazing, amazing interview with Abdullah. He is the founder of Border Nation, which is a media company that does uh, a lot of content out in Africa. We discussed uh, content creation. We talked about opportunities where you could start a business in Africa. Tons of things that we went over. But then, unfortunately, we didn't have the actual footage because of some technical issues. So what happened was... We decided to put it out on audio. But the second part of it, we were able to capture the footage as we were conversing back and forth. And it was such an organic feeling how It Starts Now got started, how Border Nation got started. And not only that, his company, but his journey throughout this whole media industry. When he started filming, when he started doing movies, and now he's doing content for airlines, hotels, and uh, all sorts of things. He does business in Africa. He does a few businesses out in different countries. So if you want to listen to this audio, please go out and listen to the podcast channel. It's on all podcast networks. You're definitely going to like it. And for the part two, the visual part where we t talked about his whole journey into the whole content world, you're definitely going to enjoy it. So please listen to the podcast audio, but definitely watch this video and comment below and let me know what you think. presented me with a business opportunity he's like hey man I'm I'm starting off this and, and what do you think and I listened and I was like okay not bad right so I said all right um you know I had, I had just invested into something else and I said but I'll look into it and I'll let you know and, and we was home and pandemic was happening a lot of strange stuff so my wife and I decided to say you know, I think it's it's time we were making our exit plan anyway. Right, right, right. From the from the company. Right. But what we were we had it planned out for after the ten year mark. That's mm -hmm. it, done deal. Then we're gonna strategize, come up with a strategy to get out of there. And pandemic hit, and it expedited everything. Right. Right. Because right now it's like okay, they're offering packages. Mm -hmm. Right, even though it's a two months early, three months earlier than our game plan, right? When it comes to the package, came with a package, so it's like, <laughs> wait, I was gonna leave without, without a package, package. <laughs> and now it came, so it was like a, a, a blessing. Yeah, and it was a scary thing too, because it was a scary opportunity because, you know, you plan for it, but when it's actually there, it's like, yeah. hold up. Yeah, it's scary. This, this is, is happening. This is happening. And yeah. This is the direction we're going into. And uh, we took it and we were home and we we're coming up with what we were going to do. We mapped out a game plan. My wife and uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Ocasio Newborn, he, he was chiming in too. So we got a lot of feedback. And then I was like, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, man, you should do... Um, should do a podcast, a, sh a show. I was like, I don't want to do no podcast. I don't want to mm -hmm. do that. He's like, no, nah, I think you should. You should do it by the, because we had a bar in the house and, you know, we, we normally have a drink and talk and, and it, it'd be a lot of debates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mostly debates, like issues, basketball, 
um, social things. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's debates. Like, the whole nine-yard yeah, hood stuff. Yeah, but it's it's really talking shit. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, no. And then I was like, you know what? Let me let me try it out. And yeah. then I said, I had Al come. Matter of fact, we connected right after that. And then I said, Al, come on. And I got, and I was so glad because I was trying to decide who I was going to do it with. Yeah. Right? I was but, so, I was like, damn, I, I was picking my brain. Like, I, you know, the first one has to be good. First one has to be good. Yeah. And then I sat down and I spoke to Al on the phone and I was like, this is who I need to do it with. Yeah. yeah. And then he came over. His energy is crazy. His, not only his energy, but his knowledge of the industry he was in. You yeah. Know? Because he, he really understands the whole uh, distribution, you know, the whole logistics. He really understands that whole operation. And he's coming from a background where this was their focal point. Yeah. You know, this yep. is what they mastered. And he took a lot of that and he ran with it. So um, having a conversation, I knew right away, it's like, this is who I need to get on the first one. And we received some, a lot of good feedback. And then from there, it was like, all right, let's, let's do the second one. The second one was good, too. We received some good feedback. Then finally, after the fifth, the fifth one, that's when I was like, you know, this is not bad. I kind of like this. Yeah. I enjoyed this, right? right? And it's not, yeah, there's work because you got to do some preparation. But I realized when I did some preparation, it's like, um, I I I was too I was too focused on the, the yeah because you you stay yeah, within that lane yeah right. and then I didn't know how to break out of yeah. the com when we were in the conversation so if you and I are conversing and I'm trying to like stay on track. I lose the energy and yeah. the organic feel of the conversation. And people can actually sense it on camera. Yeah. That you are like, you're here for a mission. Right. It's not authentic. It, it wasn't authentic. You know? To, not to me, at least. Right, right. Right. So for me, I said, you know what? I'm, I need to go off script. I need to, like, I probably have one or two things that I want to know. Right. But then for the most part, I just try to feel where the conversation is going. Mm -hmm. And then I ask questions on that. But that the key thing was for me was being comfortable in front of the camera right right being comfortable speaking yeah. on the mic so right. it doesn't matter how well i speak to you one-on-one -on -one. right i realized once the camera turned on yeah. all of a sudden all the words i had was gone right, right. <laughs> right. Well, all the energy is like man why am i stumbling why am i doing it and, and i can have i can sit here with you and have a full-blown uh, intellectual conversation about anything, mm -hmm. right? Anything as long as it has some substance to it, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm a person, I, I need substance, right? Right. So uh, without the meat and potatoes, I'm, I'm, I'm done, right? Yeah. So I'm, it's just, I, you start losing me, I yeah. fade out. Yeah. But as soon as the camera comes on, it doesn't matter. It's like, dang, everything was gone. Right. Like I went blank and mm -hmm. not that I go blank. You're in your zone. Yeah. It's like, then I I couldn't remember words. Yeah, I was stumbling on words, and I said, "Wow!" Even though you know the some of the parts you can edit, or some of the parts that uh, people may not know that you stumble, or mm -hmm. may not know that's not exactly what you meant, but you know, <coughs> you're a natural talent. You know, yeah. there are people in Hollywood right now, celebrities, bro, to the highest level. When that camera's on, they get anxieties. 
Like I know yeah. folks. Really? Who, yeah, bro. Yeah. Who's been in the industry for years? One. Sometimes you, just to give you a hint, right? You okay. know, you see celebrities that fight paparazzis, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like they don't want, they don't mm-hmm. like the paparazzis, right, right? But it's like some of these guys just they just something when that camera is on them, you know. And and when you're in front of a camera for a long time, bro, it becomes it, it do something to you. You know, like I used to do interviews. I right. had a show and everything. Now we're actually trying to repackage it. And then it's going to become like a full-blown show. I'm going to interview all these influential people I know. Oh, that's dope. You know what I mean? Congratulations on repackaging that. Yeah, show, thanks, right? man. Yeah. This Actually, this lady gave me the idea in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> met her. Just met her. She knew we were coming, so she started Googling me. You know? <laughs> so And then she saw all these interviews I did. Um... I had one with the ambassador of the African Union, like some powerful people too. And she's like, hey, you know, this girl never been here. I never met her. First time I was coming to their office to meet one of the CEOs um, just to talk, and she was the assistant. And, bro, when I go to a place, I like to break that barrier down. Yeah. You know, I don't care you the CEO or the assistant. Like, you know, you get my respect no matter right, what, right? right. right? She's like, oh, you, you ever thought about doing this? This lady knew more things about me. I'm like, how you know that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So now we started kind of packaging it and then mm-hmm. restructure it well. But I know what you mean. Like I used to, I used to have a teleprompter when I was interviewing people. Right. Um, and I used to just stutter. And I don't even stutter. Yeah. And, and, and there used to come times where I just... I go brain freeze, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like right there. Yeah, and they would tell me just read the teleprompter. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm trying. You know what I mean? And you know the thing about the teleprompter because we had one too uh, when we when we first did our. It was like a short five minute commercial type thing. Yeah. But um, the thing about the teleprompter is you're reading it and you're not supposed to sound like you're reading. Right. <laughs> so, right. So and it took me a while to really like okay, because I was sounding as if like I'm I knew I was reading it right, yeah. and I would come across like okay I think I got it, and then uh, they're nope. like nope 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 you sound like you're reading <laughs> you're stiff you sound this this, so I I understand what you mean yeah it's man like, it's crazy yeah so you're not the only one there's yeah. people who want Grammys still struggle being in front of a camera. You know, now, now I'm a little bit more comfortable because you don't have a guideline. True, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like when I sat here, I when I've done this thing so much. When I come in, they usually send me questions in advance. Mm. You never send me questions, so I was like, "I right, we just gonna talk." Yeah. And then when I came here, you had no questions, at least not written. Mm-mm. So that ease up on it because you you just shoot. And then you let me follow through, and then you follow back. That's more organic, right? And it makes you comfortable. It makes you comfortable. Makes yeah. you comfortable. Because I seen there was one person that asked me. Well, it was two people that asked me to send them a uh, list of questions so they can prep. And I said, we're probably not gonna get through those questions. Yeah. Because by the time we go from 
uh, question number two, I'm already going to piggyback off whatever you said. Right. Right. Because there's some, there's probably a piece in there that resonated to me and I wanted to capture that and I want to bring that out. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is, you know, you could focus on those questions all you want, but we may not even get through all of them. Yeah. Because the, the conversation may go someplace else. Yeah. You know, and I, and sometimes you have somebody that's been on a show that's been on other shows and they repeat the same same yeah. thing and I'm like I don't want that I want yeah. something that's different I don't yep. care if people don't be receptive to it mm -hmm. I just want to hear something different right because I'm pretty sure there's more to you than just this yeah right and if I want to get that out of you then it's going to take some time one person asked me to re-record the whole well two people asked me to re-record the whole thing and the, the one of them I actually did re-record, and the second one, they were the mechanics were off, like the first one they were really on point, mm -hmm. right? But then the second one, the mechanics wasn't there, <laughs> but the passion was there. Right, so right. I was like, no, we're going with the second one. Oh man, they was upset. I was like, nope, we're going with the second one. Why? Because at the end of the day. You know, I, I, I get it. Yeah. You know, you want it to be perfect. But sometimes, like you said, that raw, authentic part, being passionate is, is a good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. People relate to that. Yeah. People relate to that. Mm -hmm. If you send me a question, I'm trying to rehearse those questions. Right. Now, if there's a part I don't want to tell you, I can't tell you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if we're just talking... Like we've been doing, right, right. things come out. See, and the the thing I like about what you said earlier when we have a discussion is about pride. So, pride is a killer. Yes. Right, and so is embarrassed. People being embarrassed is a killer too, because they mm -hmm. don't want to do things because they feel like it's gonna be embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Right. I thrive off of that because. I don't want to feel that way. Mm -hmm. So that's why I do it. I don't care if it's not great. I jump in and eventually it's going to get better. Anything that you, you do consistently, you're going to get better at. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not master it, but you're going to get better at it. Yep. Right? Because you're doing it every day. You're showing some kind of improvement, right? Mm -hmm. well, hopefully you're showing some kind of improvement. But people are so embarrassed to do certain things like they don't want to do it because they feel like people are going to laugh at me people are, it's like bro it's it's so lame you know what i mean yeah. if you consistently worry about what people think of you you're not doing anything I like bro that. i went to work for people who i employ you know what <laughs> i don't think they get that say that again i went to work for people who I employ. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm there to, to, to make the set, to move the lights. Yeah. They tell me, okay, can you move that? Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I order coffee. I go get the pizza. There's no pride in it. Right, right. You know what I mean? I examine. <clears throat> I look at my whole trajectory since I've been doing film. What, what am I missing? Because you constantly have to improve. You constantly have to improve, right? And crazy thing is you can learn things 
from the most unexpected places ever. From the most unexpected person too. Yes. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Agree. So it, it's just humble yourself and 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 don't worry about no, what nobody else says and go do what you do. So me, if you call me you, you say, "Yo, bro, I need this, this, this." Yo, stand, I'm dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no because that doesn't change the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing. True. It doesn't change the fact that I am who I am. Right. Or it doesn't change the fact that I know this person, I know this person. As long as it don't compromise my integrity, mm-hmm. I'm there. The most the outcome can only be like I I learned your way of doing things, right? You have a perception of how I am and then boom boom we move on. Yeah. But people want to when you get to a certain level you want to stay here. You know what I mean? You don't want to know what these other people are doing. Yeah. So it kills the vibe, man. It does. It kills the vibe. And that, that's why I like what you're trying to do with Border Nation. It's like, well, not what you're trying, what you are doing, you know. Um, you, partner, you partner with airlines. You partner yep. with... Hotels. Hotels. Yep. Just to make sure that you get the right narrative for Africa. Yep. Just to get the right um, image for Africa. And I'll tell you why. If you look at content production, mm-hmm. airlines make content all the time. You get a partnership with them, you'll be busy because they create content. Right. They're constantly creating new things to tell what the cu- to tell the customers. They have new improvement on the menu. They have rearrange the seats whatever right mm-hmm. there's always content so you be busy you get to fly for free you know what i mean True. right True. and when you get to a destination who's there the hotels there's too much competition between hotels so they always have to create content to show the audience what's going on mm-hmm. right and then when who's in charge of all that the tourism board the tourism board have a vested interest to promote their countries. So they always have to make content. Right? Right. When you streamline everything, right? Mm-hmm. You integrate everything, you will be busy for years. So we have to analyze the entire ecosystem and say, okay, which way should we go? We went the tourism route because we knew is gonna keep us busy for a long time, but also we get to dis- di- um, discover countries and the finest thing about those countries. Countries are trying to market their, their beaches, hotels, attractions, it can be parks, it can be um, anything, right? Mm-hmm. They wanna show this to people who have never been here and you get to show it. Yeah. So I was like, this is what we do. We can create content for the airline, they're happy. We can create content for the hotel, they're happy. We can create content for the country, they're happy. When the country market overseas, mm-hmm. the airline are responsible for transporting those people back to the country. And when those people get into this country, they, ne- they will need to find a hotel to stay. So you just take, you just take care of the entire line. 
yeah. the entire product line. You going full circle. That's it, and that's what we decided to do. Mm-hmm. So you know, but you can't let your pride be in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I am where I am right now because of like I have a lot of mentors, but I don't I don't I don't take things serious, bro. Mm-hmm. We get dirty. Like, look, you come to you come to one of my sets. I'm doing everything. Right. I want to make sure my DP captured the story. Right. You don't need nothing. Okay. I'm moving things. I'm do- hey, do this, yes sir. Yeah, yeah. Right now, if you make me good product, I'm good. Who cares what I did on the set? <laughs> Who's gonna talk about it? True, true. You know. You said something earlier. You said that um, I got lucky. I did, I did. Um, and the crazy thing, how I came to make film, actually, I was in high school. I have always been passionate about telling stories, right? And so I went to the New York Film Academy. I applied. It was $24,000 a semester. I'm like, man, I can't afford multiple cameras with this. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I don't want to take all that debt and whatever. But you know how film school is. Right. So I went back to my high school. They, were, they have like a student life center. So I went downstairs. I was into everything, bro. I did solo panel internships. I did model UN internships. I actually got invited to Panama by the by the uh, country UN ambassador mm-hmm. <laughs> as a high school student. I did radio. I did everything because I wanted to get something going. Yeah. And then I got this internship to do films. There was a non-profit teaching young people how to tell stories using cameras and stuff. I was like, all right, fine. This is it. I was there. Bro, I, I used to come almost every day. They say three days a week. I'll be there five days a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Learning, this, soaking up everything. Bro, I'm yeah. coming. I want to play with the cameras. This guy is telling me, look, you know, I have a personal life. <laughs> like, you can just show up here. <laughs> but he was cool teaching me everything right i did that for two years by the time i graduated high school i told him i said i want to start a business what you're a high school student you just graduated you're not even in college yet mm-hmm. i'm like nah i want to i want to register my business and i want to trademark it he said you sure i'm like yep he said cool he called one of his friends lawyer he said hey my student want to register his business I registered at the time the company was borderline pictures i didn't even do research i don't even know there's a borderline illness i just named it but what i did was i knew i knew i want i knew i needed to create something i went i created business cards it was 19 Mm. created business cards i bought my first sony um 70. i bought a 24 to 80 lens 24 to 70 lens. Mm-hmm. I was out shooting every day. I shot, um, you remember um, the protest that was happening at Wall Street um, against the rich? I think it was 2008. Mm-hmm. Oh, Occupy yeah, yeah, Wall yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I was all over Occupy Wall Street with my camera, interviewing people. Why are you protesting? Mm-hmm. What do you think should happen? 
and I had the greatest juxtaposition that happened. People are celebrating at Occupy Wall Street, Zakari Park. Mm-hmm. I walked down the block down to Cipriani. There's a whole red carpet going on. I got my camera. They thought I was press. They let me in. I'm like, great. I'm on the red carpet, bro, shooting celebrities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I what came, did you do with the footage? Yeah, like, what happened? I, I don't even know where the footage is at. Yeah. So I come back the next Excited. day. I think Carmelo Anthony was there. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? He was crazy. If I'm not mistaken, and then I'm like, all right, cool. I, I, I sat down, I pieced it together. I'm like, okay, here's people celebrating about, uh, protesting about the riches, this, is that. And then here, three blocks away, life is good. These people are living. So I I cut it, I put it something, and I just gave it to the guy. I don't know what happened to that footage. Oh, man. Man, but... Probably was worth a lot at that time. But Well, probably worth more now. Probably now. Yeah. But when I say I got lucky, because this dude was passionate about helping young people, right? He was passionate about and teaching. this is your fir- first mentor? This is my teacher. first mentor. His name is Lyle Kane. And he had a lady with him that used to come and help. But this lady was, first she was the executive producer for the Oprah show for seven years moved on and ran the Diane Sawyer show on ABC. <laughs> wow. Then went on Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Then did films all over the world. Yeah, resume is long. Lived on 72nd Street. Mm. Right? So you already know the setting. Yeah. And then she just took me under her wings. So I had an upstart into the business. Mm-hmm. The film profession the first professional gig I did was with Macy Gray. Wow. Yeah. You know, she How was How old were you then? I was probably twenty one. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um she had a she had a concert at uh I think it was Raffinery twenty one on um uh you remember where this uh right by Hot ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Right there by uh lower Lower Manhattan by going to the Holland Tunnel. She had a concert there, so we shot it. And then after after that, there was an after party at the Brooklyn Ball. Yeah. That's the first time I experienced VIP level treatment, bro. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. celebrity level. Everything yeah. is just, you just come and you walk in. <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah. I'm like, shit, this shit is cool. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> at 21, you know, that's probably like, yo. I'm you know, right yeah. yeah, I'm on top. We have limousines out and everything, yeah. SUVs. We just riding. I'm with my little camera. I wasn't even the main person here. I was assisting wow. my my mentor, that lady that was directing that whole thing. So from there on, she took me under her wings, mm-hmm. showing me things, telling me about the business. I always tell people this: there's two sides to the film industry. There's the film business and the film industry. A lot of people is in the film industry, but many, but few are in the film business. The film business control the film industry. All right, break that down. The film business pays the film industry. That's why producers have a lot of power. 
they will buy the script they'll hire the director and they will tell the director who they want to be in this mm-hmm. in this film mm-hmm. agents don't make money if their clients don't get hired so they have to have a connection to the producer who's funding the film or the studio mm-hmm. and when you get the when you are hired you get a salary right right you get paid and you're gone after the movie is made whoever controls the business aspect the behind the scene of it can license that movie anywhere else crazy right yeah. so after the opening back uh, box office like the first two weeks mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. the film already recoupe all the expenses now who's making money the third week who's making money the fourth week we're not talking about the years to come right 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 that's the business aspect of it Tyler Perry came into the industry a little late he's richer than a lot of them because he owe his content he understood the film business yeah you know what I mean so I want to be in the film business that's why my content I own it all right mm-hmm. I will license it to you I won't sell it to you unless I mean you throw in a nice bag right. <laughs> you're good yeah. but I'm saying all that is to understand the concept. You got to understand the business side of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why Netflix own everything. Yeah, yeah. And they, they don't paid so much money to buy 20 billion dollars. Yeah. That's a budget. Yeah, yeah. You, you they not crazy. Disney is still making money off Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you understand yeah, me? Yeah. Mickey Mouse was shot probably I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, yeah like the original right, concept yeah. you know what i mean they still making money because they license it off to do other things they own it yeah they license it mm. right it, it, the film business hire the film industry they just employees yeah you get your millions you gone fine but who's controlling the back end the people that own the content those are the film businesses mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so if they if if they release a film in the US it's most likely they getting their bread back that first week when you hear a film grossing 30 million 40 million first day or opening week that's one week yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. avatar made what 1.6 billion dollars 1.6 billion first first few months crazy you understand me yeah who's getting that money It's not the people that's in the film. James Cameron is part of getting that money. Yeah. He created it. He owns it, right? Right. And then the studio. Now they can rerun that whenever they want. And that's what longevity money. That's why they that's why these companies, these legacy <coughs> companies last for so long is because they got content that's bringing them money, residual income even to this day. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Netflix still they cannot catch up to Disney. Cuz Disney is just loaded. Yeah. Loaded. Yeah, they got way too many content. They got way too m- and they and you know classic stuff too. Classic. Yeah, the Marvels. Yeah. It, it's hard to beat that. But with the pace they go and they understand, yeah, they're spending a lot of cuz remember Netflix is not pro- profitable. No. As a company they not. Hey guys, Once again, I hope you enjoyed the video. I definitely did. And like I said before, leave a comment below and tell me what you think. And don't forget, part one is on audio. 
So go out to all podcast channels. You'll be able to listen to it there. And then just please continue to comment below and tell me what you thought about this video. We definitely enjoy it. Have a good night.